Hey, if you like free stuff, you're gonna like Tim's Rewards by Tim Hortons. You can earn free food or drinks after every seven purchases. Cool, how do I win? Um, it's not a contest. You just use your Tim's Rewards card, and after seven purchases, you score a free coffee, tea, or baked good. Whoa, so I've got a pretty good chance of winning. Well, actually, you've got a 100% chance of winning. Those are great odds. <laughs> they sure are. Free coffee and more with Tim's Rewards. It's Tim Hortons' way of saying thanks. Valid only at participating restaurants. Please visit restaurant or timhortons.com slash rewards for full program details. Get this is it, bodybuilding.com. That's right. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the boardroom of beautifulbodybuilding.com in uh, Boise, Idaho. I'm Nick Colius, an editor for bodybuilding.com. Uh, we've got here Chrissy Kendall, who uh, may look like she's going to start weeping every time I say the word fit crunch bar. She, yeah. she, she just shakes her head and goes, they're so, they're so oh, good. God. You wait till you see the new ones. Oh, <laughs> Yeah. And then we also have two other important guests here. We have uh, Robert Irvine, a chef with many pots on the fire. And then we have these two croissants here. Which... <laughs> they look really, they look really good. They are. This is what Nick does to us. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to complain. But he comes in at least once a week. And I come into our little editorial pod, and there's a display of... Just so what are you saying that he's a good guy? Uh, he's a good, a good guy, guy, but right, ruins exactly. your yeah, when you come in and you're like, today I'm gonna stay on track. Ooh, you were saying the same thing when I brought do... these in just now. No, 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 no. Yes, yes. Well, no, you said okay. it was a great French bakery. Well, yes. French to me equals butter, uh, yeah. fat, yeah. goodness, um, mm-hmm. goodness, but a lot of workout. virtue, but a lot of workout <laughs> afterwards. Uh, this this takes uh, three days to make. The woman who makes these locally, I'm I'm not begging for a sponsorship, but I would take it if she offered it. And three days to burn uh, off. <laughs> It's <laughs> a three-day three yeah. process to culture the butter. She's French, and my uh, my aunt, who comes from France, says this so is the, this is the big, best one. We give her a Paris. big shout out. Oh, she's the she best. She's going to be like Moshit, the uh, the but it's a Jean Jou Patisserie. It's she wants a sponsor. Uh, one of these podcasts, we'll have her. But anyway, why don't we don't need to just talk about the croissants? We could talk <laughs> we about our guests occasionally we have as well. More important guests here. Uh, he's the the brain behind a number of different shows. My my father was just thrilled to hear that the host of Dinner Impossible Impossible from the yeah. past. He's, yeah. That's his favorite show of all time. Is going to be here then Restaurant Impossible and the Robert Irvine Show, which I just watched a little bit of yesterday for the first time. Oh, I have it's to crazy. say, you are a patient soul. Crazy, <laughs> yeah. But. Uh, uh, I think I think the, the the one I watched a little bit of it was um, she wants a ring, but he may have had a fling. Wow, so good. <laughs> yeah, you know it's interesting that that show uh, was four years in the making, um, and we've just finished 180 episodes. 180, 180 Jeez. episodes in, mm-hmm. in record time. But the coolest thing about that, you you said she wants a ring and, and he's having a fling or whatever, mm-hmm. and they're kind of fun stories, but the the stories that that make a difference are the overweight obese mm-hmm. kids. Uh, the family relationships. Uh, on Monday, I have a guy named Hunter. He's 12 years old. Um, burn his house down. Beat his mother up. Beat his family up. Mm. Uh, single parent mom. Dad was incarcerated. Uh, came on the show because it was the last hope. And uh, went from a D student and a bad guy in seven months to a straight A's, mm-hmm. helping kids in church. And I'm taking him to the Pentagon on Monday. Mm. That was part of my deal. Uh, so there are, there are amazing... Uh, things. Uh, Tommy Trudeau, 420 pounds, down half his weight. Um, so there's some great stories there. There's some crazy ones, like you just mentioned, but there's some great stories. Mm-hmm. And so how do, you, how do you tap into a kid like that? What's What was the Well, you know, I, I think you find a common goal. You know, for me, anybody that's military, police officer, firefighter, mm-hmm. anybody that wears a uniform to do good. Um, and I ask him simply, what do you want to be when you get older? Mm-hmm. And he said, I want to join the military. 
Well, I made him do 20 push-ups, and he said, I can't do push-ups. He did eight, and I said, yeah, you can. And I carried him the rest of the way, literally. And I said, you can do anything if you have help and you have a mindset to change. And he changed. Mm -hmm. So to, to me, uh, you find a common ground, and then you work on that common ground. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you're here early in the morning in Boise. I'm always curious to ask people, how do you, how do you start your day? You have a military background. Do you have a very structured start to your day? I do. Normally, it starts at between 3 and 4 o'clock in the morning because hmm. um, I film or I'm traveling somewhere. I work out, get up eat oatmeal, work out, um, then eat egg whites and all that stuff afterwards. But it's really early. I work out before I start um, or before I travel. Like because push I never... ups while the oatmeal's yeah. cooking? Well, well, you know, it, it's funny. Out. It's yeah. funny. We have a great, great gym. You have a great gym here in bodybuilding.com, but uh, the hotel where I'm staying is a pretty good gym too. So mm -hmm. uh, I got in there this morning, did an hour of cardio, met a, a, an F-15 pilot, an Air Force guy mm -hmm. who's here. Um, so that was kind of cool. Anything military driven, I'm, I'm, you know, we travel 150 days a year with the military, mm -hmm. so it's it's a big deal for me. Hmm. That's how I run my life. Well, and the, no, was the military your introduction to serious training then as well? Yeah, I mean, well, actually, it was a, uh, a muscle and fitness magazine at the age of 11 years old. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, so you're at 40 years of training then. Yeah. You know? um, I got my first uh, weeder weights way back when, and then I joined the Navy at 15 and a half, and um, the military's have been ever since. So, you know, um, yeah. Hmm. So did you have, like, how did you get that first muscle and fitness, or what, what got Some, you to pick actually, that up? Actually, somebody, somebody picked it up from a doctor's office. It was an old copy, and give it to me, and I, and I said to my mom, um, and my parents are not well off or anything like that. My dad passed away two years ago with 93 cents in his pocket, so that'll give you an idea, you know. Mm -hmm. So to get anything new was, was hard when I was a kid, but my mother bought me a, a set of these, you know, the gold gold mm -hmm. weeder sure. weights. You can still find uh, them on I would say on my patio, read this magazine and say, one day I want to be like that guy, Schwarzenegger, uh -huh. um, and uh, Lou Ferrigno, and, and on all these guys. Uh, and here I am meeting them and knowing them and, and, you know, 40 years later sort of thing. So it's kind of cool. Hmm. So, so when did you feel like you kind of came of, came of age as a lifter, though? Because I mean, that's probably, 40 years, that's a journey. Probably in my mid-20s. Mm -hmm. You know, I joined the military early. Um, I, you know, I wasn't that athletic. I played sports. Mm -hmm. but, but lifting was kind of, you know, understanding the lifting part and the food part, then they go right. together. Mm -hmm. That takes a long time. You know, we think guys are kind of brain dead, right? We we think we oh, can yes. lift weights and, mm -hmm. and uh, make some noise, and then and and all of a sudden you grow muscles, mm -hmm. and then you eat you eat the croissants. But um, so I think it was in the mid twenties when I figured out what food and fitness does together. Mm -hmm. and I think that's my message now: is hey, you can do this, but you need this to go with it. You know, food and fitness go together. Did you get that training in the military or were you going to other sources? I was going everywhere. Okay. The military teaches you how to put on a rucksack, you know, run five miles, shoot people and run back another five miles again on a plane or a chip or, you know, which is great. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's only nowadays that we're starting to think about uh, the people that press them buttons, that drive them tanks, that fly those planes. Right. You know, the nutrition and what it takes to actually be able to do your job. And it's literally the 21st century that we're starting to think about the people that control those billions of dollars. You know, think about this. And it, and it always blows my mind. We have an 18-year-old on the end of a, an aircraft carrier can throw a $150 million plane at his whim saying, you know, here's, you can go now. Mm -hmm. And yet he can't even drink a beer, mm -hmm. which is kind of strange. What Fortune 500 company would ever allow you to do that? Mm -hmm. Probably not. <laughs> yeah. So uh, it's, it's an exciting time. Mm -hmm. So, but you're... 
I mean, that, that, that guy has also been fueled by sometimes terrible cuisine. Over oh, the years let me tell you, the military, the military in general, mm-hmm. pff, no, has terrible food. You know, mm-hmm. we're, we're already in that scene where we're helping him figure out what is the nutrition needed for the 22nd century because it takes that long to go through, you know. Um, and if we're asking a sniper to, to lay underground for six weeks mm-hmm. and then shoot that one shot that's going to change the course of, of a war or a mission or something, then we better be able to feed them and, and give them the supplementation. And I say supplementation clean that, that makes sense because food nowadays, the way we grow it, the way we, we manufacture it, it's, it's done for speed and um, product use. We don't think about the nutrition in the, in the tomatoes that we grow anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, tomatoes are not all six by six and round and perfectly red. That's not how God intended, right. <laughs> but that's how we get them, right? So there's, there's very little nutrition in them. So we have to think about that. And MREs in particular, I feel like, are something that's just always been, okay, you can survive on this. You're not going to thrive on it, but you'll survive on it. What, what, what is the, uh, if, for, when, you, when you look at that sort of thing, what, what sticks out is well, like... Well, an MRE hasn't changed in 50-something years. You know, they're natick in Massachusetts. They're actually looking at them right now. They're supposed to last three to five years in a, in a brown as- atmospheric bag that's dropped from 44,000 feet, mm-hmm. can take an impact. Um, but if you look at the modern-day warfighter, and that means male or female, Army, Navy, Air Force, Marine Corps, Coast Guard, they're looking for something different. You know, we've got the cookies, we've got the biscuits, we've got the sloppy joes. But if you look at all these these guys that go into theater, Afghanistan, Iraq, um, um, Syria, wherever you want to look at now, they actually break the MREs and take what they need out and pack them. They don't carry them any. We actually waste more of the MRE than we actually eat. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's a big, it's a big uh, change going on there. Mm-hmm. I was going to say, well, so I don't know a whole lot about, I mean, I know what MREs are, but I mean, are they mainly just a source of calories right now? Yeah, calorie intake. Because if you think about men and women that that even back to Vietnam, you know, they don't, they don't get mess halls in the middle of uh, a war zone. So they have to eat on the go and, and that gives them sustenance to be able to do their job quote unquote, uh, until they can get back to a place where they can eat correctly. Mm -hmm. So do you think moving forward that, you know, working with that, that there will be more emphasis on not just calories, but macros and protein? I don't think so. I know so. Will, oh, you know, okay, yeah. I know so. Well, that's so. what I was trying so, to get so, at. So, I mean, so that, the, that is but, the but think about this, the testing that, that, you know, NASA did way back when, which was, you know, how do we put um, food into orbit and how do we grow food in orbit? Mm-hmm. Um, we're way past that. Now we're wearing bands that tell us the deficiency in, in, in D, B, C, E, et cetera, et cetera. You know, we have a billion dollars of obesity-driven disease in our military today, hmm. inside the military. So think about when we we lose somebody and we have to bring them in from the street. So we lose a body, we bring one in. Well, not at the moment, but we will do. Um, they're already obese by our standards. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we, we've got to look at how do we um, kind of personalize your diet based on your job pilots, snipers, uh, you know, nurses, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, it's going to change big time, and it's starting now, which is great because the food industry has been uh, in the military. Yeah, we'll sell, you know, we'll sell food, we'll sell food, we'll make a lot of money. Well, you don't make a lot of money, mm-hmm. and the food has to get better because we're asking these men and women at average age 18 to 23 years old, right, to do a job, and it, more so now than we've ever done before. Mm-hmm. 
It's interesting hearing you talk about um, yeah a, a wristband that can tell you if you're vitamin D deficient. Yeah. So there's a there's a biofeedback element to this. Absolutely, that, yeah. that customization. Uh, it, but I think by 2020, we'll be able to literally design a menu for you personally mm-hmm. based on that that band. And it's in testing now. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's not futuristic is now mm. so so when you when you think of supplementation in the military it's easy to think of you know guy in the theater he wants a stimulant maybe yep. or something like yep. that but what uh what, what's what sort of nutrition really makes a difference for people who are out there well, i think i think when you you know listen carbohydrates are huge mm-hmm. right but we can't all carry baked potatoes pasta rice and you know that's just not what it is and field kitchens uh, have have come on so much now. I mean, we drop a kitchen literally in the middle of a war zone that we can cook at, which is, you know, I was in Mosul or just outside of Mosul at uh, uh, Q West, which is an airport that mm-hmm. we own right now. Um, and they've got a kitchen there, but they were living for nine months out of MREs and in concrete pipes. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, nutrition is huge. Are they getting nutrition they need right now? No, but that's why I have a surgeon general looking into, you know, um, performance triads, eating, sleeping, uh, and food. Mm-hmm. Um, supplementation, yeah, we, you know, Vedro's gone. You can still get it. Right. Mm-hmm. Of course you can. Yeah. You, you know, the, the, the five-hour energy drinks that people take that they think is going to give you that, you know. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're taking all these, but at the end of the day, the DOD has to look at, you know, is there, are those stimulants, are those... Um, enhancements good for the body mm-hmm. while they're in doing what they're doing right are they good for performance too if you're thinking of, that's one thing that well, i remember learning is it's but you look at an athlete, here, right then you go up higher it's it does the opposite of what you wanted to but do but you look at athletes and then you look at special operations guys mm-hmm. that have to to you know seal teams delta forces um mountain guys power rescue all these guys that are peak performance you know, we have a, a dictator of human performance that watches every move they make mm-hmm. to, to literally get the best out of them, their food. So, so special operations eat differently than our regular military. Uh, and, and my goal would be that, that the special operations training and food goes into our military for the, for the next century. Mm-hmm. You know, is that possible? I don't know. Mm. You know, it's expensive. It's, it's interesting to hear you talk about nutrition this way, too, because I, there's basically three different threads coming mm-hmm. through you. There's the military, the strict nutrition guy. There's a chef. But then there's also a lifter who's eating for his own performance. So I think, I think in all those different things, I think because I work with the military so closely on all these things, you know, we're in the Pentagon. We have restaurants in the Pentagon. We have, uh, you know, uh, um, Camp Lejeune, Camp Pendle, all these things that we do. We have a retail side. Um, but when I do when I do food for the military, the Surgeon General wants that food in boxes so they can get it in retails. So when I train you in your work, mm-hmm. it's like coming to bodybuilding.com, right? And you come to work and we eat differently when you go home. You eat very differently because of, you know, finances, because of time, because you've got kids, because all the things that happen in life. Mm-hmm. And, and our job is to make sure that you can get that same product. I mean, right now uh, in Walmart, we do a, a vegetable kit that you can get collard greens, fresh vegetables, you know, in five minutes for a very uh, um, small amount of money because I want people to understand what fresh vegetables are and not frozen. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing wrong with frozen if that's the last resort. But, mm-hmm. hey, it's cheaper to get fresh food. Mm-hmm. And, and people in this, oh, well, it's time-saving. It's not. Mm-hmm. Sorry, it's not. We've proven that a thousand times. 
So, so I, I kind of imagine you having two speeds of eating yourself, though, basically. There's like there's food, and then there's food the event still yeah. every once in a while. You've got to have both of those, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, listen, food, we eat food to survive. We uh-huh. eat food to, to be able to do our job. But then there's, there's that, you know, when I'm dining with my wife, right, that, that I want that to be an experience mm-hmm. that's very different, than, you know, putting a plate full of eggs in your face as quick as you can and moving on. Um, and, and my job is, you know, we have restaurants, we have dining facilities, we have food. So it, it's a fine line of how do I get the best possible food that tastes good, that gives you the, the macros and nutrients that you want, mm-hmm. but without being, uh, mm-hmm. you know, you mentioned protein bars. It's the same way. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why we created Fit Crunch. Yeah. But on that note, too, I think something we hear a lot of, and it brings me back to Dinner Impossible, which I was telling Nick, I was like, I'm going to try not to bring up all my favorite episodes because <laughs> I would just take this whole podcast to another level. But it's doing all of that in the time that you have, mm-hmm. which for a lot of people is not a whole lot of time. And that's why we hear people, oh, I don't, I don't prep or I don't cook these meals that I should be because it takes too much time. So how do you get people to That is the number that? one question I get asked. I just did a seminar in Florida, you know, um, about time. And time is kind of one of those things that we're all so busy. And I used to have a boss, his name was Peter Fraser in Jamaica. I worked at Renaissance Jamaica Grand mm-hmm. way back in 1997. And he called me one day and he said, I was the executive chef, 2,000 rooms, uh, sorry, 720 rooms, 2,000 guests. And he said, I-, I want you to work out with me. And I said, uh, boss, uh, I'm busy. <laughs> he said, well, Louis Farrakhan's here. I said, and I didn't know who he was right. by then. By the way. Uh, he said, I want you to work out. I said, I'm too busy. He said, well, if you don't have an hour in your day for yourself, then you're not a good manager of time. And I said, okay, yeah. And I hung up. Mm-hmm. Then I suddenly thought about it. I don't have an hour. He called me back. and said, I don't really need you anymore. Like, you're going to get fired. Mm-hmm. I went to work out. The place didn't burn down. It was still there when I got back. Now, I think we get so, the reason I told you that story is because we get so tied up in our world, we forget that if you stop, it's going to continue. And for me on a Sunday, and I travel 345 days a year, you know, you know my schedule. It's crazy. If you follow it on Twitter, you'll see it. On a Sunday, I write down my whole week's schedule. I go and shop. I prep food. I put it in a refrigerator, and it takes me 10 minutes to cook that food when I come back. Whether you've got four kids, six kids, eight kids, and I tell people, get your schedule, shop smartly. So, you know, you get a whole chicken, you can make the whole, you know, the six meals can come out of that chicken. There's a soup, there's a, you know, and all the other things that we do. And be smart about how you spend your money and how you spend your time. Because if you spend two hours on a Sunday prepping your food for a week, you don't need time in the week. It's mm-hmm. 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. Instead of making that decision, oh, I'm, I'm late. i got to go through the drive-thru. i got to pick up this. And, you know. and it's interesting because if you look at our families, parents will go without food to give their kids food mm-hmm. at a quick drive-thru. Yeah. It's, it's, so it's still yeah, disservice well, still yeah. going yeah. through fast food. It's not really any better. As somebody with two little kids, I can, I can speak to how easy it is to start to think in terms of that I eat this, you eat that mindset versus all of us are actually eating together, mm-hmm. eating the same thing together. Yeah. And yeah. setting that precedence yeah. of, oh. you know. But I think the we, kids we don't are, know any different. If, but if, but if you're right. Know, if, but, <laughs> but I was literally talking two minutes ago on a conference call that think about this. 
in DC, I did a show with Michelle Obama. I've done a you know fitness council, all these other things, and I and I said to two kids sitting on a wall, "You want some milk? Mm-hmm. You know where milk comes from? The supermarket." Mm-hmm. Isn't that kind of sad that we're in America and we don't know where milk, you know, cows that produce the milk and tomatoes and things. Uh, and I think that's our parents that we get so busy that we don't, we don't take time. We don't sit around a table for dinner anymore. We, you know, they're on Xboxes and they're you know, doing all these things because the, the smartphones have become the babysitters of the world instead of, you know, I cooked with my kids. My kids are now 19 to 15, two girls. When they were three years old, I would have them in the kitchen throwing flour, using knives, mm-hmm. burning themselves. Making mistakes. Making right? mistakes. Mm-hmm. Be- but now they cook for themselves. They're at college. My 19-year-old's at college. She cooks for herself. She's a great cook, and she likes different foods. And I think that's one of the biggest problems we have. We don't let kids have fun around food anymore. Mm-hmm. Or adults. And I, <laughs> so Either that or it's too fun. It's only fun, right? Yeah. yeah. So... Um, you, you mentioned, you know, breaking down a whole chicken to make number of meals out of, but that, that person who's looking for, looking to you in this podcast for like, okay, I want to, you know, get my, my checkbox meals done. What's that? What's a game changing technique or ingredient or something that you think, you know, you should really do this. It well, there's something really, it's really something. These are called hands, right? <laughs> and ovens and, and ranges have dials mm-hmm. to turn the gas or electric up or down. They're the two most important things you have, you know. To cook an eight-ounce piece of fish, it takes three minutes either side in a hot pan mm-hmm. and three minutes to rest it. That's not difficult. Right. It's the same with a steak, you know. And I and I think people are so intimidated by food, and they shouldn't be intimidated by food. It's literally the pan gets hot when it smokes with the oil in it. You put the product in. You don't move the pan. You turn it over. Then you turn it off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's done. Wow, there's the new concept. Cooking explained, right? <laughs> and, it, and and cooking is that simple. Mm-hmm. And if you don't, if it's if it's not cooked enough for you, you turn it back on. You cook a little bit more. But what people forget is, again, three minutes with a piece of salmon either side. Turn it off for three minutes. It's not going to go cold in that pan, it's gonna to continue to cook at the heat that it was cooking at, it's mm-hmm. called carryover cooking. So that perfect, that salmon's gonna be perfect every time, if you do, as, mm-hmm. as I just said, and that's the key to cooking. Just trust that, don't just leave it in there. Okay, no, that's good. because we cook it five minutes, and we cook it five minutes, and we're, oh, we're not sure, so we'll leave another, and when the protein, the white stuff, the gummy stuff comes out, right. and I ask people all the time, anybody cook salmon? And that white stuff comes out. Oh, yeah, I do. Like they've done something good. Right. right. Well, it's already dead. <laughs> now you really killed it. Um, so, yeah. Do, you have, do you have a similar philosophy with your training? Kind of keep it simple? Or do you like to experiment around and, and do some of the crazy I things? Change, that- I change my training every couple of weeks. Um, I don't lift heavy weights. I think at 50 years old, I'm running around with, with 22-year-old Marines and, and Navy guys and, and Army guys. Uh, I've got nothing to prove. Yeah. I, I do the lightweight, specific movements. Um, then I might go a little heavier a couple of weeks later. But I don't lift those, you know, like I'm 19 years old trying to take on the world. Mm-hmm. You know, the body is is something really. The body is a temple, and if you if if you're out there and you want to be big, well, you got to eat. Mm-hmm. You got to eat the right food. You got to rest the right amount of time, and then you got to lift the right movements, because at the end of the day. If you look at people, they all want to be somebody else mm-hmm. instead of the best they can be. And it takes time. And I always say this with people that want to lose weight. It didn't take you three weeks to get that weight on. It's going to take this amount of time. Um, so I change it up. I like the excitement. You know, 
I had a hip replacement three years ago just because of jumping and, and all the things I've done in the military and, and real life. Um, and now I do even more of it. So trying to keep up with these young kids, you know, because when you get into a base, you're like, oh, yeah, let's, let's, let's mess the chef up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he is old. But yeah, you've been you've been training long enough. You, you're not you're not going to get suckered into any how much you contest. No, I, <laughs> I I let him go. I'm like, okay. So we had one in in Abu Dhabi uh, a couple of months ago, and I worked out in the morning, and it was a missile base, a missile location. And they said, well, let's do push ups. I'm like, no, I did push ups already, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll do a I'll do a um, a bench press competition if you want. So we're in this little igloo tent in the middle of nowhere with all these missile silos. <laughs> and the biggest guy, they picked the biggest guy. Of course. I mean, neck like 20 inches here, big six foot seven guy. And I said, okay, put whatever you want, warm up. And I warmed up with him. Um, then gradually added, added, added all the weight. And I said, okay, put, put whatever you want in the last set. And you do as many as you can do. He did just that, you know. Look at me, I'm an army guy. Put it all, and we, and we had the whole tent full of these missile men, just watching and videoing. He managed to get three. It was like 350, 360 pounds, whatever it was. He got three. I got 15. <laughs> then I sent the video to his boss, and I said, "The army strong is not army strong anymore." <laughs> but it's just funny, you know. People, people see on TV. People see that you're a fitness guy. People, they want to to take you on. And you're right. I don't get sucking into those mm-hmm. because somebody gets hurt, and I don't want anybody to get hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, and normally me. Mm-hmm. And we, we had a really interesting piece come out on the on the site yesterday that said basically stop going heavy on these three lifts. And I feel like that's a theme. You know, there, there'll be a, a time when it's all strength coaches in coming and say, oh, it's a big three lifts. You have to build absolute strength. And then it'll kind of, there'll be a blowback to say, why are you chasing numbers all the time? And uh, it was interesting. One guy was talking about, I think, the leg press. Uh, John Russin is this author. He's a great um, physical therapist who writes for us. He said, the people love their, their Instagram leg press where you put every plate in the gym. You got three people on top of it and you're doing like this three reps. Yeah. But there's, but that actually, you know, using certain tools for, Incredible amounts of reps, metabolic stress is so much more beneficial in the long term. By the end of the day, listen, there are ways to build muscle mass, mm-hmm. um, elasticity, uh, which I think is really important. I mean, think of think of your tricep. Mm-hmm. You know, your tricep is a very volatile um, muscle. A because it's attached to a little piece here, and the minute you break it. Uh, and I've done it, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, but people think, oh, yeah, we can put as much as we want on it. It's going to, mm-hmm. it'll last forever, right? Some point, something breaks. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of things you can prioritize in the gym, though. You can prioritize strength, weight loss, suffering. You obviously, I, I see by this neck, you're a man who uh, <laughs> possibly prioritizes muscle largely in your training, right? Uh, but I do a lot of cardio. So, so years ago, when I was in the military, it was a lot of cardio, a lot of running, mm-hmm. right? Pounding. Obviously, now I've had my hip replacement, I still do a lot of cardio, but I do it not running on roads. And the only time I run on roads or in a format is when I'm with the military mm-hmm. because they run in, in, in you know, five, five wide, 60 deep, uh, and that's, you know, how they run. Uh, but to me, that's very detrimental to your hips, your knees, and your ankles. Sure. It's just repetitive, you know? repetitive. And, and so, you know, CrossFit and all these things, I am not a big supporter of that because the only people that get anything from that are the orthopedic surgeons. Mm-hmm. You know, they get rich. 
You know, because at some point, your body is not meant to be bouncing up and down 30 times its body weight on your knees, hips, and ankles. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there are people that swear by it. And there are people going to listen to this podcast and say, you're nuts, you're nuts, you're nuts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I maybe am. But you know what? I'm still here. Mm-hmm. So, well, Yeah, that was my question. Are, are you cracking the aging code, you think, by focusing on building some muscle in the gym? Is that, is that, the, is that the answer? I eat well. I sleep when I can. <laughs> Um, which is the toughest part because sleeping is probably the most important part of, of the whole because uh, we never get enough of it. Mm-hmm. But I prioritize my training um, into one, you know, I do normally 30 to 45 minutes of cardio every day. And is that just, up. not to cut you off, is that just mainly for, you know, the cardiovascular benefits? Or? It's because I need to get warm. Mm-hmm. I, okay. It's very hard for me to get warm enough um, so I don't tear anything. Then I start with light okay. warm up. Uh, uh, warm up. And then I'll get to a point, you know, I don't go to the one rep maximum. I don't ever do that. I put on, you know, if I'm doing bench press, I'll put a 45 on each end. Um, I'll warm up with the bar alone first and put a 45 on. And I'll do 100 reps Mm -hmm. four times. And that's me done. I don't need to put on a stack of weight. But then I'm going, my my workout is like a cardio workout anyway. I don't sit there and take three minutes. (sighs) I'm going from one to next, next. When I'm in the gym, it's it's a 45 to 55 minute, mm-hmm. and it's over. Hmm. I don't need to talk to anybody. I got headphones in. It's my time that I can think specifically about working out, mm-hmm. and that's my escape. Hmm. And when you're done with that with that daily ritual, what 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 is your headspace like? It's clear. You know, I I, I think, and we have a lot of projects going on. Um, that's my time that I don't get people taking pictures. I don't get well, normally in the gym. Um, <laughs> that you know um, of. <laughs> that, I, that I know of. Yeah. Um, it, it's my space. My wife knows I'm working out. You know, if I'm working out with her, then she, you know, it's, it's different. But when I'm traveling, uh, she knows that's my time. Um, and, and I think you need that mm-hmm. away from the daily grind because I get a thousand phone calls a day, 24,000 emails, uh, and I don't want to deal with that. I just want music, dumb. Focus. Mm-hmm. It goes back to what you said about finding just that one hour. Everyone has one hour in a day. You can do it. And is it reading? Is it going to be in the gym? Just find something. Because I do think that helps you then prioritize your rest, the rest of the day. Especially if you're going to be ho- hosting a show later where people are going to be screaming at each other. You need to have a clear head, right? don't you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, it's, I find that, that that one hour, and you, and you just hit the nail on the head there, it, it's, it's me. It's me versus me, and the world is not there. Mm-hmm. Then I can, you know, deal with what's happening in Camp Pendleton, deal with what's happening in Korea, deal with what's happening in Las Vegas or the Pentagon or, you know, whatever's happening at that time um, afterwards. And I have a great team, you know. I'm like, hey, we have a rule. You have to work out one hour a day. That's all my employees. Um, you have to... Um, my rule is that I won't call you. So if I call you and we have a rule that – I've got lots of rules. Mm-hmm. We have a rule that you have to pick up the phone within five minutes of me calling you, no matter where you are, because somebody may call me that's really important to get done. Uh, but if you're walking, like Dave Longstaff, who will be here tonight, he's the CEO of 30 years, Army Food Advisor. He walks with his wife every day. Mm-hmm. And I call and he's walking. I hang up. you got your hour. I will never interrupt that hour because mm. I think it's kind of, you know, it's your time. Sacred. Yeah. yeah. That's, so, that's interesting. Like you when you have your kids, mm-hmm. you know, that's your, your quality time. And I think the workout is my quality time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and we, we uh, have an odd understanding of that here too. Like there's um, 
there's an, an unspoken agreement in, I think, a lot of departments here that if somebody goes down and wants to work out for a half hour, 45 minutes a day, that that's their time and it actually makes them better at their job as yeah, opposed to you're not working. Right. And and I think that's the, the, the flexi time mentality and the culture here is, is very different. Mm -hmm. You know, if you look at Google, Twitter, all these big companies, and, I, and I've been to all their head offices and it's amazing. Um, Pixar, you can ride around on, on skateboards and do all, you know, all the things that have changed and look at how successful those companies are because of mm -hmm. that. And I think, you know, that, that time is, is, uh, is so precious. Mm -hmm. We don't get it nowadays. Mm -hmm. Re restaurants are a little bit rough for that too, though. People burning it on both ends, working long hours, working for years on end with an unhealthy lifestyle, but it catches up to them eventually. Yeah, I imagine you've seen that just people cycle you know, I look. I look at, you're exactly right, restaurants. You know, you go in at nine in the morning, you finish at 11 o'clock at night, then somebody wants to take you for a beer or a drink, or, you know, it's three o'clock in the morning, you're getting home. Mm -hmm. And that's every day. That's not one. I mean, uh, look at Bobby Flay, who's now a runner. Look at Mario Batali, that's, that's lost 60, 80 pounds. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Rocco Despirito, class from the past that, that got into fitness. Uh, I think we, we're more aware of that now. Mm -hmm. um, I'm normally in bed by 10 o'clock at night, mm -hmm. which is kind of scary, but, you know, unless <laughs> I'm traveling. But uh, that, as you get older, and you're right, it catches up. It's either around your, your stomach, you know, your brain starts to lose function. Um, so, yeah, fitness yeah, but it can be hard for people to to visualize that on the front end too, because you think, oh, look at that person; he's got a six day a week split. I can't possibly keep up with something like that. Or that guy; he's training for a marathon. They think that almost you you have to do it this way, or you have to do it all the way over here. Well, it's a mindset, right? I mean, it's a lifestyle. You make a choice, mm -hmm. and and some people can stick with that, and some people can't. You know, if you look at again, I go back to obesity and those people that make a decision to. Uh, try fast food seven days a week, 24 hours a day, keep going. And I've had those on, on uh, um, Fitness Impossible, a show I did. Uh, and it's interesting because I had a, a police officer who wanted to be in the FBI mm -hmm. uh, in New Orleans. He wanted to lose 60 pounds. A mum and daughter that wanted to lose 60 pounds uh, to get into wedding dresses. Then I had a big uh, guy, 400 pounds, who was an all-star college athlete, had a, had a motorcycle accident. And the show was a huge success. It never got picked up because Food and Fitness, Food Network didn't want to do, and that's right. fine. Mm -hmm. But I keep in contact with him every every day um, since that show was two years ago. The guy has just started the FBI Academy. I mean, if you see what he was and where he is and the females and uh, the big guy, you wouldn't believe it. Uh, and they changed their lifestyle. So I think it's never too late to change a lifestyle. You just have to commit to it. And that's the hard part, mm -hmm. commitment. You know, because if it gets hard, people quit. You know, oh, I don't have time to do it today. Yeah, you do. Mm -hmm. Make time. And again, you know, if, if it was to make a million dollars, you would do it. Mm -hmm. Sure. Well, it is a million dollars. It's you. Mm -hmm. So. Mm -hmm. So having gone through that with all those different people, um, is there, how long does it take, do you feel like, for that? To really start to stick, is it a, is it different for everybody, or is it just? I think it's different for everybody. But normally, normally three or four, three three or four months of doing, you know, getting into that routine, and it mm -hmm. takes you that long, you know. Oh, we're going to get out of bed when it's cold. Yeah, mm -hmm. you know, um, and I I will tell you, once you've got it, once you've got the bug, you never lose it. Mm -hmm. Once you first, you know, one of the biggest mistakes people do when make when they're trying to lose weight is have a scale. Right. I'm like, 
No, you weigh yourself in the middle uh, at the beginning and then throw the scale away mm -hmm. because we constantly watch that and, and body weight fluctuates based on weather, liquid intake, all the rest of it. And when we see that it doesn't move, that's when we get disheartened. Mm -hmm. And we go back to, oh, give me pizza, give me. And I don't want you to not eat pizza. I don't want you to, to not eat what you like or even drink beer or spirits. I want you to. Mm -hmm. But there is a, there is a, system, there is a systematic <laughs> approach to it. Mm -hmm. You know, when we drink beer as men, it's not it's not the beer that does the problem. It's the yeast mm -hmm. and the estrogen that comes from that, right? So, um, I'm not saying don't do it, but mm -hmm. don't drink ten pints of beer every day. Right. Mm -hmm. I don't want you to eat like a rabbit either. Portion I want you to enjoy. Yeah. Thing. yeah. I want mm -hmm. you to enjoy food. Mm -hmm. so. so how do you get people through the first three to four months? I mean, obviously the people you've worked with have had been able to work with you. Um, you know, would you recommend people work with a well, trainer I think, or I think have they someone find, for the listen, accountability? I'm a big advocate of getting a personal trainer for a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. Write all your food down, write all your exercises down, and then follow that. And then if, if you want to go back and, and make sure you're doing okay, then you get a, a trainer to come in for a week, you know, after that three months but listen i deal with kids with cancer i deal with you know i've got a 16 year old right now kenston who's stage four leukemia who's working out and it's helping his his recovery mm -hmm. so you know when people say um oh it's hard life's hard get over it mm -hmm. you know pull yourself up and move on so you, you mentioned a, a scale. I think it's interesting to think of a scale in the kitchen, though, as well. Like, you obviously are somebody who knows how to quantify food. But do you find yourself getting caught up in macronutrient math or? No, I don't. Um, macronutrients to me are, are because I, I travel and I do so much in a day. You know, for me to eat 10,000 calories, that's nothing. Mm -hmm. It's easy for me because I'm always on the go. But if somebody's sitting at home, they can't eat 10,000 calories. My general rule of thumb is eating every three hours. From the minute you wake up to the minute you go to bed, you know, doctors will tell you, oh, you can't eat after six o'clock. Yeah, you can. I hate that. <laughs> yeah, you can. And I, I'm the same way. I'm like, tell your doctor, Robert Irvin says he's nuts. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, uh, the protein intake, obviously, and the burn rate of, of your body with that protein. Protein is normally this, the size of a deck of cards. And carbohydrates, the size of the mouse that you used to use on a computer. Now they've got it on the computer, but... Um, <laughs> And that way your body's metabolism speeds up. But I'm also a big believer in using, um, instead of salt and sugar, and obviously that's been refined, you can use honeys, you can use uh, low sodium soy sauce, you can use vinegars, um, uh, fresh herbs, mm -hmm. and uh, fresh fruit, lemons, lime, uh, grapefruits, oranges, um, because that citrus helps you start to digest immediately. It breaks down the food because it's an acid, mm -hmm. and it helps you digest the minute you eat it. And I always say when, you, when you've eaten a meal, and America is, is great at eating 23-ounce steaks or 28-ounce steaks, or you know, and then they feel like, oh, I can't eat anymore. Well, yeah, and do you know how long it's going to take to digest that? Mm -hmm. so, so acid is a great way to start that, that, um, that burn or that metabolism before you even eat mm -hmm. the food, and when you cook it with it. Cutting half of it and eating it later too. And I, that's one listen, of my I'm not, yeah, doing that. but I don't. I won't do that. Really? So oh. I, I think the more you make, the more you eat, mm -hmm. the more you continue to eat. So for me, I'll say, okay, handful of vegetables, the the eight ounce salmon, that's enough for me for two and a half to three hours. Mm -hmm. Then I have to eat again, but it won't be the same food mm -hmm. because I think that gets boring, mm -hmm. and that's where we start to lose interest. Just like we go to the gym. 
and and my assistant or one of my he's not my assistant actually justin um mm-hmm. my right hand guy he was he's lost 28 pounds um and here's a guy that used to you know he's 26 27 years old mm-hmm. he could get away with that stuff but now he does cardio he eats well um and I think you feel better, your skin gets better, you, you have more energy, you, you know, your outlook on life is different. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, go and get it done. Don't right. wait. So you feel like, it sounds like people come in contact with you and kind of get swept up into that. I like, to, I, I like to think that I'm a positive um, influence on, on change. Mm-hmm. You know, I uh, talking to Gary Sinise this morning, you know, uh, He's a he's a life changing guy in in our military world. You know, his foundation does amazing things. Uh, so we work together on a lot of on a lot of things, building homes and and whatever. So I look at, at him being kind of the new Bob Hope, and me being the the like the beacon of hope for people that have tried change but given up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like a vacuum when I go through. Like I don't care how old you are, how young you are. I want to be that positive influence on your life. And you're, it's obviously you're passionate about it, and people are going to come to that. And then when you make it easy to understand, so I, I try to. That you know, we started the magazine because of that. You know, people would ask me all these questions when we go away, and I'm like, okay, let's start a magazine. Let, let's go out and and my whole vein of life is about how do I help those less fortunate. And they don't have to be less fortunate financially. They don't have to be, uh, you know, it could be any kind of less fortunate. Whether you're an amputee, whether you're, uh, you know, a single parent, whether you've just been thrown out of your house, uh, cancer, it doesn't matter what it is. But my job in life is to make sure that when you when you go on my social media, I'm the one that's answering you. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm the one that's saying, you know what, you need to do this, you need to do this, see your doctor and then email me. And I give you my email, and I literally walk you through it step by step. Mm. And I and I think that's the difference. A lot of celebrities, and I don't consider myself a celebrity, by the way, but a lot of celebrities, they want the, the recognition, but they don't want to put in the work to help those that, that need help. And, and those people that actually admire them, their fans, uh, yeah. the people who <laughs> love them the most. And that drives me nuts, mm-hmm. you know, because that's not how we run our business. You know, our business is based on people. Um, so if I can help you, then I want to help you. And I'm not, I'm not, you know, empty words. When I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. All right. Well, thanks for coming and talking with us. Awesome. Bodybuilding.com. Um, we'll, uh, we'll put links to your social media. People do want to find you, but what's, uh, let's start with Instagram. Where, where, where they find you on Instagram? Sheffer Irvine. Mm-hmm. Is that Sheffer what all of Irvine. them? And then uh, um, Twitter? Twitter is at Robert Irvine. Uh, Facebook at Sheffer Irvine. <laughs> uh-huh. No, I don't do all that. <laughs> um, but it's funny, you know, I, I'm a big believer in social media. Mm-hmm. I don't do negativity. If you're negative, you talk politics on my thing, see ya. Mm-hmm. You get 140 characters three times for me to change your mind on something, you don't, you're gone. Mm-hmm. Excellent. And now you're going to go cook something. For now us, we're going right? to cook. <laughs> going to teach you out there how to cook healthy food on a budget that's amazing restaurant quality. Dibs on eating it. <laughs> Excellent. I get the leftovers. Great. Well, thanks very much. Hey, Rico. nice to see you. And don't forget Fit Crunch. Yes. We have a new caramel peanut coming out. You're going to go nuts on it. Perfect. Thank you so much. 
Hey, if you like free stuff, you're gonna like Tim's Rewards by Tim Hortons. You can earn free food or drinks after every seven purchases. Cool, how do I win? Um, it's not a contest. You just use your Tim's Rewards card, and after seven purchases, you score a free coffee, tea, or baked good. Whoa, so I've got a pretty good chance of winning. Well, actually, you've got a 100% chance of winning. Those are great odds. <laughs> they sure are. Free coffee and more with Tim's Rewards. It's Tim Hortons' way of saying thanks. Valid only at participating restaurants. Please visit restaurant or timhortons.com slash rewards for full program details.